who's making the most progress on climate change? In previous episodes, we've been dancing around climate change, looking at a bunch of related issues. In this episode, we go at it head-on with an interview with Linda DeChambeau of Contra Costa County Climate Leaders, which ranks cities based on how much progress they're making on climate change. Fasten your seatbelts. Welcome to Linksploration Bay Area. Climate change. We look at it up, down, and sideways. We follow the links between climate change and so many other issues, and all of it with a local twist. Hi, this is Jean Rosenmeyer, and welcome to Linksploration Bay Area. I'm here with Linda DeChambeau of Generation Green's Contra Costa County Climate Leaders. Did I get that right? That's correct. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your very impressive background? Thanks, Jean. It's nice to be here. I am an environmental scientist, and I spent my first 17 years as a chemist. My background's chemistry testing water, fish tissue, air, and finding out what pollution was out there in the world. Went on from there to work on policy for the federal government with the EPA for 21 years on public right to know and site cleanup. And, you know, I found that federal government can be quite slow. You know, the administration cuts were deep. The Superfund funding was diminishing or gone. And I then began pursuing a local policy career. In addition to my day job at the EPA, I ran for election in find myself as the mayor and elected official in a small town in Moraga in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I found it really sort of difficult to wear both hats, but at the same time, very important. So I have a varied background as a scientist, as a chemist, as a policymaker, and as a, a local elected official. So tell us about Contra Costa Climate Leaders. Well, what happened is I found myself in an elected position working full-time during the day and, and sitting at the dais as a mayor, and I, I found a, a gap or a need or a way for elected officials like myself to share best practices in an easy way. Otherwise, it was going to be next to impossible to have an impact on developing or adopting policies for climate change. So we formed the nonprofit Contra Costa County Climate Leaders, basically for leaders, elected officials or staff, or even sometimes a nonprofit. The leaders are not always clear who is the climate leader in, in a municipality or in a city. Um, it can come from very different levels. So the climate leaders are not us. The climate leaders are us bringing together and offering as a nonprofit, workshops, newsletters, tracking, and identifying best practices that other cities, other leaders can adapt and adopt in their city in a way where they, they don't have to come from a full-time job. A lot of people don't realize in smaller towns, Gene, that these um, mayors are, you know, they're volunteer positions, they're rotating positions, and often they have other jobs during the day. So this organization... CCC Climate Leaders was uh, formed to help assist sharing best practices and getting cities to adopt climate policies. I understand that you have a report card for cities? 
Yeah, we um, started that three years ago. What we've offered to the leaders to help identify where's the best opportunities for policy, we started tracking and we found that it's a good way to use publicly available data, collect and sort it in a way that compares each of our cities to one another. So we did develop this scorecard for the Contra Costa County cities and we're in our third year and we select key issues of data that is readily available and readily sorted. So for climate leaders, 4CL doesn't come up with the grades or the scores so much as we use data that's available and sort it. Some are policy things, for example, like does a city have a greenhouse gas inventory? Yes or no. Does a city have a climate action plan? Yes or no. Have they updated their general plan? Have they passed a declaration of a climate emergency? These are all things that cities that are really showing that they are moving forward on behalf of their residents to address the climate change are making these types of policy decisions. Other things in the scorecard are data, like how many EV charging stations do they have in a city relative to how many EVs are registered to that city or how many megawatts of solar does that city have on its roofs? And those, these are data that are available out there to the public. So the, yeah, the scorecard's been, it's been very effective way to track, monitor, and identify key issues on policies that cities do have some local control over. So you basically, you're gathering a bunch of publicly available information so that we can all see it in one place. Right. And then putting them in a way that ranks the cities on those scores so we can see how each city is doing relative to those key issues of that public data is available. So we, we put the data in a way that is meaningful and drives, ideally, drives policy change to happen in other cities. So who's the best in Contra Costa? Well, that's always a good question. I mean, we don't have all the data on all the issues, but given looking at the issues we do have, we do find that the scores in cities are very relative to political will in a city where there are strong mayors. A lot of cities do have an elected mayor rather than a rotating one that is elected for the four-year terms and can have an impact so the two top cities, two ranking cities are Richmond and Martinez, with both, which both have strong mayors, elected mayors. And, you know, that's a, another whole interview in itself of how cities are run. But it does make a difference on our top ranking cities. They have a mayor that sits in, in the seat for four years and staff to support them. So they tend to do well. And they're also in the East County where there's a little bit more political will over, you know, near the, the Berkeley or that side of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Whereas our cities of Clayton and Arinda are the ones that seem to have more opportunity to improve. Ah, uh, so they're the worst. Huh? <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to, for people who don't know this, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Basically, most cities, they just have an elected city council, and then the mayor's seat rotates amongst the city council members. And the city council is elected at large, I believe, too, right? Yeah, and and then, like I said, you know, a lot of them are working full-time jobs on top mm-hmm. of doing this volunteer position. A lot of cities rotate in the mayor based on who got the highest votes, but it's still rotating. It's still for only one year. 
So, you know, I had one year by the time you get up and running, then you're not the mayor anymore. It makes it hard to drive policy and they're duly elected and, and votes are counted equally. And it makes a, some difference. It can be for the bad, too, because I, like I mentioned, some of the cities in the East County have a strong mayor, a full-time mayor, and they still aren't making progress and they still aren't doing well on their scorecards that we present because the political will and the interest out there are, are, is, is just not there. I see on your website that you have a page for each city and it shows their accomplishments. Is there somewhere where the challenges are shown as well? Tell me about these pages and what they're for. Well, we're actually um, doing an update soon, but the city pages were an opportunity to delve a little bit deeper into these scorecards and see. And it was an opportunity, it is an opportunity to go and click on each city's general plan, climate action plan, their sustainable website. Do they have other nonprofits in that city? So if I am in Clayton and I'd like to increase our scorecard, you could go to the city page to see what other advocates are in the area to read the general plan, to get links to the website and find out who are my elected officials, who should I start talking to. So the city pages just go a bit deeper into where all the cities are at that time and how to get involved. And then another place on your website is Actions, is that right? What's that about? Our organization was formed in 2007, and we have quite a list of policy action fact sheets, we call them, if cities want to say, you know what, we never have passed a plastic bag ban or a styrofoam ban. Let's revisit that. They have the opportunity to come to our website and look up that action, that policy action, and each policy action has a who, what, when, where, like who's been passing them. Uh, links to best practices. So you can see, you know, Carmel has an excellent policy on plastics and styrofoam. I can click it, download it, and use that in my city of Clayton or Arinda. So the actions page, one of our more recent ones is this issue of electrification, where cities are getting all their new homes, and in a lot of cases, remodel homes off of gas, natural gas, which is a fossil fuel, and going to electrification. And that's a policy decision. So under actions, we have a whole page just on who's passing electrifications and links to them. So for a small town where I was mayor of Moraga, California, they can go and click and get a copy of other cities' ordinances, and it's almost a matter of find and replace or putting together. So we do have a whole page of, I'll tell you, Jean, it's been years we've been doing this, everything from allowing residents to, you know, backyard farm chickens all the way to how do you update your general plan. Does anybody check the total greenhouse gas emissions per person or whatever in various places or that? Is that above your pay grade? No, a lot of cities have hired outside experts and do do a really good job of having a greenhouse gas inventory that looks at um, the impact of a city's greenhouse gases, like what exactly does the city of Moraga put out regarding its uh, its staff, its police, its fire, its roads, its its office maintenance, but they also will look at what is the greenhouse gas emission for the city-wide 
actually Moraga is not a good example because they haven't been doing that and keeping it updated, but Martinez and Richmond, and there are some cities that are top ranking cities that do a really good job of tracking the greenhouse gas emissions for their cities and relooks at them ideally on an annual basis to see how they are doing and are we meeting. Ultimately, this all funnels back up to state goals. You know, the state of California has goals of reducing greenhouse gas emissions over time, and each city needs to play its part in order to help the state make those goals. And ideally, each city should have a greenhouse gas emissions inventory that they do track and measure. Otherwise, how do we know, Gene, how the city's doing? You know, ultimately, it comes back to reducing greenhouse gas emissions, not just, you know, I passed, a, I declared a climate emergency this week. It really comes back down in ability to, to measure, to respond, and then to adjust what you're doing to make sure that you meet those goals and help the state meet their goals and make help the world meet our goals to have a sustainable future. Well, you're circling right back to my next question, which is, I looked at the climate action plans for a couple of places and it was pretty discouraging because it felt like yeah they have a plan and they basically blowing it off is there some way that that gets tracked (laughs) that's actually a great question we do have some cities that have a great written plan and yet they may be fourth or fifth from the bottom of the line and it is difficult to enforce that's where i do believe groups like ours and other groups like uh, climate reality al gore's climate reality group is working on policy our local 350 contra costa group is working on policy we work closely with the sierra club we work closely with green belt alliance and it's um, advocates in that bottom-up pressure to go to a city that may have a well-written plan but not be enforcing it and it also it's important for us to pay attention to who are our local officials, who are the folks at the dais, and, and can that be influenced at the next election? And ultimately, showing up at a meeting, we have a program we called the Just One program, asking that every resident in Contra Costa County commit to attending Just One City Council meeting. Take a look at your city scores. Take a look at the climate actions that other cities are taking and um, show up once, even once a year to talk to your elected officials, to hold them accountable, to ask them to take action on this critical emergency that we're all facing that is essential to the survival of future generations. How do we find out who's in charge of the environment? I mean, Walnut Creek, I know, has a environmental officer, I can't remember what the title is, but a lot of cities, they don't look like they have a bureaucracy, if you will, on uh, Yeah, when you go out to the other nine counties in uh, the Bay Area, most or a lot of cities, a majority of the cities have often it's called a sustainability director. And Walnut Creek, I think that position is empty right now, is being refilled. They do have a sustainability director position. So one of the issues out in Contra Costa County is that has not been the case. And one of the reasons our group, Contra Costa County Climate Leaders, was formed was to try to identify those leaders So often they may not have it in their title, but they're using, uh, you know, there's often one person or there's certain uh, leaders that care about climate policy and do take a leadership role. 
or it can often even be a local nonprofit might be the leader. We have a group uh, in San Ramon right now who has been trying very hard to influence their town because they don't have a sustainability director there, and they they do need to um, make this a priority. But it's the local community who are the climate leaders, who are some youth who are even doing the Fridays in front of City Hall and the Fridays in front of the library and going to city council meetings and trying to talk about San Ramon still San Ramon and Danville yes they've got a a group that's trying to influence those two cities because what you raise is essential who are the climate leaders the cities have not put this on the agenda despite petitions and asking them to make it a priority they don't have anyone assigned on staff it's a small town it's a volunteer mayor it's a rotating mayor so you're asking the right questions how do you get that to be a priority to the city how do you get them to put somebody with that title so that we know who to go to and who can help drive policy in in those smaller towns. Which group is that in San Ramon? Let's give them a shout out. Oh gosh, she put me on. It's a <laughs> SRVV. Uh, I don't have the name handy. I believe Linda is referring to the San Ramon Valley Climate Action, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. So, what's next for 4CL? Well, we are going to update and release our next scorecard, and um, we're very excited. It doesn't look a lot different to the person that will be coming to our website to see what their rank scores are again this year or this season. But we've got a great climate champion. He's been working with 4CL, first as a student and now moved on to his own career, Andrew Johnson, who has come up with some new ways of using the data and coding the data and make it easier for us to do these scorecards. And not only is it going to be easier for us to do them in Contra Costa County, but it will be easier to replicate for other cities in other counties, quite frankly, even perhaps across the state or further. So we are making a lot of progress. Andrew and his team are about to release a new scorecard that has a lot of opportunity to do this beyond Contra Costa County. We're working closely with other counties and the folks at Drawdown Bay Area and hoping we can pilot this scorecard and other counties in the Bay Area soon. So if I live in, I pick a city, Concord, what should I do? Should I go to the Concord city page and see who's active in Concord if I want to get involved? Well, that's a good question. You can look at our scorecard that will be updated next week. And Concord on the map is about seventh in place. And you can see that they have not passed an electrification ordinance, for instance, where other cities and higher rankings have. They have not declared a climate emergency, which they, they could. Their solar megawatts are not as robust as solar installs. So we encourage people to pick a topic that's dear to your heart, something you might be willing to follow through on. But yes, show up at your meeting and um, you can ask them, you know, what's next, Concord? 
are there some of these things that you can do? Or I feel very passionate about the city passing a climate emergency declaration. When can we get that on the agenda? Or I feel very strongly about EV charging stations. How do we get... So I wouldn't get overwhelmed. I I encourage people, like, whatever you can do, do it. So if your example, you show up and you say, I live in Concord, what do I do? Just show up is the most important thing and just ask them to make this front and center on a future agenda item, period. Or you could get a little bit more in the weeds and say, we want a climate emergency. We want an electrification policy. We want more EV charging stations. Those are just some examples. I think the main thing is to not be overwhelmed and to show up. I feel like I saw something on your website about groups that are active in a certain, in different places. Am I wrong about that? Nope, you are right. So you can look for other groups in your area under our resources page. We have a list of who are your city contacts, and it's updated annually. Who's my mayor? Who are my elected officials? And you can also, under resources, look at who is organizing in Contra Costa County. Is there somebody else already in, in Concord or in the county that might help me out? Is that by city? I'm, I'm actually on your They're alphabetical. They're alphabetical. So under G, you'll find oh, yeah, the Belt Alliance. So in Concord, it might be Sustainable Concord. Yes. So you can look alphabetically and see if there's mm-hmm. if that exists. Cool. Hey, Linda, before, before you hang up, I just want to ask a question that's very dear to my heart, and that is, is there anything in your scorecard that relates to bicycling? We don't have it on there now. There is a walkability score that I'd like to bring back in. You know, we've, we're so shorthanded and we're trying to figure out what are the most important measurables and what's out there already that we can use. Mm-hmm. And there is a walkability and a bikeability scorecard that exists that another organization puts together. And we used that, but the problem is it's so big and they're not like, they don't live in Concord. So they, they're, you're not exactly sure where their numbers came from. Mm -hmm. And they were challenged in the past. I can send you the link. There is a walkability scorecard and bikeability scorecard that exists and it does give a score, but I, we're just not sure that's the best data. I would love to find even a better source of data so we can include that back in the scorecard. But we kind of took it out because it was stale, because it wasn't local, because it's hard to measure. It was sort of challenged. Like, oh, why did we get that bikeability score? Like, don't blame us. Go to the walkability people, right? (laughs) I get it. We're just the messengers. Wow, that's been really interesting, Linda. I think we're about out of time. Is there anything I missed that you'd like to say to our our listeners? Well, I encourage you to sign up. Our Facebook page is very vibrant. We have a consultant who puts a lot of effort into sharing best practices on a daily basis on our Facebook page. And that's really encouraging, enlightening, informative, really makes you feel optimistic about what cities are doing. I encourage you to get our newsletter that we put out every month or two that does the same If you're a city or a mayor, I encourage you to reach out to us and touch in. We're happy to help put you with examples of case studies of other things going on in your city. We also share monthly funding opportunities that are out there. We're partnering right now and just had a great workshop with the Diablo Valley College and the folks at uh, 350.org. 
looking at a lot of money coming down the pike soon with the Inflation Reduction Act that will help cities to do more. So it's great timing to do this podcast. And in closing, I just say that there's some really good resources, some really good opportunities. Things have really changed since we formed in 2007, and they have to because we're running out of time. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of Link Exploration Bay Area. We've got an exciting mini-sode coming up in which we tour an active beaver area in Fairfield, the Laurel Creek Beavers. See you then. Exploration Bay Area is an independent podcast. You can find photos, show notes, and our archives on our website at linksploration.com. You can email us at linksploration at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This is Jean, Sharon, and Christy signing off until next time.